Welcome to Redeemer Lives, Redeemer Lives, a podcast by and about the spirituality of the richly diverse Milwaukee Christians who are all connected to little old Redeemer Church in the heart of the city on Wisconsin Avenue. I'm Lisa Bates Froyland, pastor of Redeemer, and since 2011, I've been on a journey with the incredible people you'll meet on this podcast each week. I always say there are no dull people at Redeemer, and thanks be to God for that. Even during this pandemic, our Redeemer lives, and we are living our Redeemer lives. Redeemer is a city church. It's a very public church. It's an open church. Before the pandemic, we had people flowing in and out of our doors all the time, from the mayor to a state senator to people who had nowhere to sleep and no work um, available to them. So it seemed sometimes like all of Milwaukee had sometime or another come through the doors at Redeemer. And oftentimes they were greeted by communication specialist, Ayers Townsend. So on today's podcast, I just wanted to give listeners an opportunity to learn a little bit more about what it's like, mostly behind the scenes. Ayers wasn't always behind the scenes. Sometimes she was out front as well. Um, but I had the chance, have the chance right now to sit down and have a conversation with Eris Townsend, who worked as communications specialist at Redeemer from June 2015 to August 2020. It was a position that was designed with some of her particular skills and training in mind, but it quickly became apparent that she arrived at Redeemer with additional spiritual gifts that made her work here invaluable to me and impactful for all who encountered her on the job. This fall, Eris began full-time work with Peak Initiative as communications coordinator. I asked her to come by for a podcast in which she reminisces and gives you, the listener, a distinct look behind the scenes at Redeemer, a striving city church in a neighborhood marked by both poverty and promise. Eris, thanks for coming by this afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be back at Redeemer. Just pulling up into the U Drive alone was like emotional. <laughs> it's emotional to be in the same room with you too because of the pandemic we haven't been able to get together at all. Yeah. I'm going to ask you the same question that I start every podcast with. Um, how is it with your soul and how's your ongoing conversation with God these days? My ongoing conversation with God is very constant. Um, I actually just had a pretty deep one yesterday with him. Just thinking about like everything that I've been through this year, it started off super rough um, with a very difficult pregnancy, almost life-threatening. I came out of that. My son came out of the NICU. Um, then the pandemic hits and then all these sorts of changes came about that none of us were used to. So I've been talking to God a lot more, um, than I normally do. Um, but one thing I will say is he has been distinctly answering my prayers. Like I pray for something very clearly and he gives me a very clear answer. So I'm super grateful for that. And I feel like my relationship with God is strengthening almost because of it. Wow. 
Well, I've asked you here to talk about um, your time on the job here. And, uh, you know, from the outside looking in, someone might say, well, communications specialist at a church. <laughs> she probably makes up the bulletin. She does the calendars. She writes to parishioners, that kind of thing. But um, I worked so closely with you for five years, and I know that you had many holy moments on the job oh, and yeah. days that stretched you. And I wondered if you would share one of those. There are very many um, that I can share of holy moments at Redeemer or days that stretched me. Um, but without a doubt, the the number one that comes to my mind was literally saving Mary's life. Like that is something you cannot plan for. I definitely did not plan for that. I was just doing outreach calls um, with the outreach team, and Mary happened to be on my list that day, the first person on my list, actually. And just so happens that when I called, she was at the very beginning stages of having a stroke. And I could have just ended the call because she said she was fine. And then just went on to the next call. But something in my spirit just told me that you need to do more. And so from that moment, that's when I decided to call her again. I saw that she was still unresponsive. And so then I just took it a further step and went to her house. <laughs> um, tried to get her out of her house, called the ambulance for her. And I, I truly believe that in that moment... I was what she needed, and I didn't even know that. And that was a very emotional day, very out of my normal day-to-day -day tasks. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything about what I did on that day, because if I didn't do it, we don't know if she would even still be here. So I feel like it was truly like divine timing. And I, and I always say that I tell this story to other people just when when the word divine timing comes up, this is the perfect example of that for me. So that that was that is my number one moment in the five years at Redeemer. Yeah, and uh, that resonates with me. That piece of the story where you talked about how you may have entertained it as a question for a minute, like what do I do next, but at some point in time, it became you were going to get in your car and go over there. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a choice anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, you demonstrated such a level of compassion and empathy um, and appropriateness with so many people who came through the doors at Redeemer who could have a wide range of stories, behaviors they were exhibiting one day to the next and so on. Mm -hmm. And um, you always kept your cool, um, no matter what <laughs> was going on. And one of the more challenging areas of our ministry here sometimes, especially when the weather got hot, <laughs> was um, having, you know, 65 to 70 people gathered in a closed dining hall with no air conditioning and those noon guests often needed much more than a meal. 
Yeah. And you knew that. And so I wondered if you would talk about, because you had lots of contact with Noon Run guests, a particular Noon Run guest, guest that sticks in your memory. Well, Noon Run in general is like close to my heart. Even when I first started Redeemer and I found out that Redeemer did such a thing, um, it made like my heart warm just knowing that there was a place that didn't just deliver a meal, but tried to create like an experience and then... This was like an everyday thing for people. So people started to become like family almost. This was like their place to be family, you know? Um, And I know this all too well because my own father has on his own, you know, decided that life is easier, happier, or more manageable for him living as a homeless man for the past 15 years. And I still have contact with him. We're still very close. He's very smart, very capable of all things, but that is the road that he chose. And so I more than anybody understand a person who may appear to be homeless, hungry, and need whatever the case that at the end of the day, this is still a human being and they've had a path in life that has brought them to this place. Um, and that is to be valued regardless. So new run just had a sweet spot for me, period. But if I have to pick one person from new run, it will definitely be a guy named Maurice. And the reason why is because when I first started Redeemer, I don't know what it was, but he gave me the hardest time. (laughs) Like, I mean, he was just so aggressive with his words and just so standoffish. And I mean, it took me a while to get used to it. But one thing that I did was I tried to say hello every time I saw him. So over months and even then years, he became a regular. And every time I saw Maurice, my words exactly are, hey, Maurice, how's it going today? And sometimes he just brushed me off. Sometimes he'd yell at me. But then just one particular day, I said, hi, Maurice. And he smiled back. He said hi to me. We held a conversation. And from that day forward, he was always pleasant with me, always respectful with me. And I think at that point, he just knew like, this girl just isn't going to (laughs) change. And she's going to say hi to me every time. And what, what's the point in being nasty, you know, like, so he came around and anybody can come around, you know, if you just continue to be genuine and continue to just give your pure heart and be welcoming as you should. And so he definitely stands out because I feel like me and him totally had a breakthrough at Redeemer. I I know if I saw him outside of Redeemer, he would know who I was. So mm-hmm. I wonder, again, we're trying to do the behind the scenes kind of thing. Um, okay. You know now from your five years of working here what it's like for a city church like Redeemer to to do its work and be what it's going to be. What do you think most people don't realize about a city church like Redeemer? I would definitely say one of the things that most people don't realize about a city church like Redeemer is 
for one, although it may seem smaller than some of your like major churches, the church is actually really big and strong. Like the people here are dedicated and they care about each other and they know each other and it's like family and everybody works really hard to to make this family grow and welcome all people of all walks of life, all backgrounds. And that's not an easy thing to do, um, but it's natural here. And I felt that from day one. And then over the course of the five years, it it became enhanced. It's like the level of genuineness that you feel in this particular city church is unmatchable almost to me. I've I've actually never been to another congregation where I truly felt like I could just be myself. Um, you know, a lot of times most places you're too concerned about what am I wearing to church or um, you know, how do I need to be at church or am I going to have to speak at church? But here it's truly comfortable. Um, it's real and I mean, that that speaks volumes for, like, a, what is said to be a smaller city church right here, like, in the heart of Milwaukee. Um, this church works so hard to do so many things for so many other people also. It's truly remarkable. So I, I think one thing people just really don't understand is that in this particular city church, like, Love is all around this place. This this place is actually truly blessed. It gets so many blessings and so many blessed people coming in and out of it. Um, and I like to say that has a lot to do with Pastor Lisa's leadership um, because she is amazing in general. So, I mean, you, I'm you sitting over here blushing. A lot of people don't realize what kind of work a pastor does either. Everything. <laughs> and so I tried to really hold nothing back from you. You and I had a lot of trust uh, mm-hmm. right from the beginning. So you saw it all. Yeah. You saw times when I was frustrated, times when I was jubilant. You know, you saw everything. Um, so what would you wish people knew about the work of pastors? Some people may know this, but I don't think people realize the severity of the word on call. Like, the work of a pastor, and in particular, Pastor Lisa, because I've seen it all behind the scenes, she is literally on call for all things church and all the people in this church, everything that has to do with the church. And... Some days I don't even know how she did it, honestly. I mean, it takes a lot to manage your own family, let alone your church family, making sure your staff is happy. And she did that all so gracefully every time. I mean, throughout the five years, we got a chance to know each other very closely. So we always used to joke about the fact that I could almost read her mind. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> so, I mean, there were like times where I knew exactly what she needed before she even knew she needed it <laughs> because I just knew what kind of day it was going to be mm-hmm. by a particular phone call that came in or a visit that um, stopped by or something. So, I mean, it's truly a, truly a work of God. Um, you have to truly be called upon to do this work and do it gracefully and do it effortlessly. And I mean, I truly feel like that's how Pastor Lisa did it. I mean, yes, of course she's human. So there were times where she would get frustrated or might be having a bad day that's human. But at the end of the day, things were accomplished. Like she always stayed on top of everything that she needed to do and make everybody feel loved, appreciated. I mean, I've I've had a lot of good bosses in the past, but I will definitely say no one tops the boss relationship with me and Pastor Lisa. Like it it was it's truly family. I feel like she was a second mother, a best friend, a life coach all kinds of things for me. So, and she's that for the congregation too. So I, I, I would definitely say that I don't think people understand just how much work goes into being a pastor. Wow. I didn't pay her for any of that, <laughs> <laughs> but I would, you know, I could easily glow in the same way. We had a really special connection and it allowed us to, to really have an incredible set of experiences here. Some of them we'd probably prefer to forget. We joked in preparation for this podcast that we could do a whole podcast on things that happen in the bathrooms yes. here that we had to attend to. Um, but it was all, it was all holy work. I felt very blessed um, mm-hmm. by it all and continue to. So in parting then, uh, when you started working here, no children, and right. now you are the mother of two. Yes. You have a lot of achievements and experiences. Um, but what sticks with you about your time at Redeemer? Without a doubt, the people, my coworkers and the congregation, hands down. Like the relationships that I've built here with people are lifelong relationships. I mean, from... Lisa Walter, our bookkeeper, to the mu- different musicians that we've had. I've had have relationships with Aaron, had great bonding moments with Meredith. Of course, Pastor Lisa. I mean, she's like a godsend in my life. And then the congregation, like everybody, like we all share moments together. I mean, I will never forget how the church surprised me with baby showers, like just always going super above and beyond just to like show a person that they're appreciated. And then not just the moments of me receiving anything, but just the times that I was able to have private moments with different members of the congregation and didn't even know that I was helping them through a time that they needed me. And just, we always were able to be of use to each other through God. And that always felt super genuine. I have so many stories I can share about so many different members of the congregation. 
um, guests from Noon Run, um, partners that used to come to the church, guest musicians, all kinds of things. I mean, I will never forget the people, um, that memory. I think about a lot of Redeemer people all the time. Um, just different situations will happen and then I'll have a thought about Judy or something or Chuck or Erica. Just it's so many people. Like I know I'm missing out so many names, all the kids and everything. Um, it's definitely the people that stick most with me about Redeemer. Truly. Like I, I feel blessed to have met each and every one of them. And we're looking forward to a time when we can be reunited and be in the same space again. So it feels like we're in this kind of in the middle of things, strange pause button in certain ways here. Um, I'm so glad that your professional life has developed further and taken you further down along the road because Mm -hmm. you're your gifts and potential are just so, so great. Um, yeah. So thanks for coming by. It's a great conversation. Um, and I'd love to have you back again. I would definitely come back. And I'm so honored for you to have reached out to me to do this for Redeemer. The scriptures tell us there are many different kinds of callings, callings to teach or to preach or any number of other things and gifts, spiritual gifts that make a church community grow, sometimes can make a nation restabilize. Today we heard from Eris about the kind of giftedness that's both the skills that she brought to the job as communication specialist, but, but also the spirit and the heart that was so necessary to her work here and how people turn to her at times for her counsel as well. I think you also could tell that there was a spiritual connectedness between the two of us uh, and God partners people in many different ways, sometimes in marriages, but also, we know, Paul and Barnabas and all of the other ministry pairs that came together in the scriptures. Well, this was one for the ages and a great one here at Redeemer Lutheran Church, and I think you could probably sense that. So as you go about your journey whatever it may be, whatever name you like to call it, know also that sometimes the work is done in pairs and in groups, and it's not meant to be something that's embarked upon alone. Hey, if you liked what you heard today, first of all, great. If you liked it so much that you'd like to support us with a financial gift, please go to our website, RedeemerMilwaukee.org. There you will see links to our YouTube services information on how we're trying to serve our neighbors during the hardships of this pandemic, and yes, the donate button. Thanks in advance for the help. Redeemer Lives, Redeemer Lives is a podcast of Redeemer Lutheran Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm Lisa Bates-Froyland, your host. Aaron Musser is our editor, sound designer, and engineer. Meredith Sype Sumner wrote and performed our theme. Join us again next week. And until next time, peace be with you, peace be within you, and may peace be among us all. Goodbye.